You are listening to the Cattle Call Podcast. This is the place where computer-aided design and drafting meets humor and practicality, with a touch of business acumen thrown in for fun. Jim and Rocco, the owners of Zentech Consultants, the premier U.S. technology consulting firm for architecture, engineering, construction, and manufacturing, discuss the fascinating world of CAD with some humor and some honesty. The Cattle Call Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cattle Call Podcast with Jim and Rocco from Zentech Consultants. I am Jim, your irrationally loud host, and with me, as always, is my partner, Rocco, the tall, dark, and handsome one. Oh, you know, really, dude, the delusion. You got to lay off the acid. That stuff is bad for your brain. <laughs> <laughs> He's none of those things, folks. But I am still loud. But it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, no matter how tall, dark, or handsome he thinks he is, he still has to suffer through the engineering joke of the week. Okay, Rocco, I got a good one for you today. You ready for this? I'm ready. You're ready. Okay, so a priest, a doctor, and an engineer go golfing one morning and they get caught behind this really, really slow group of golfers. So the priest, you know, he waves down the greenskeeper and he says, hey, man, what? What's wrong with that group ahead of us? They're just crazy slow. And a greenskeeper tells him, he says, oh, that's a group of blind firemen. Yeah, they lost their sight saving our clubhouse from a fire last year. So we always let them play for free anytime they like. And the priest goes, oh, my goodness. And he crosses himself. And he says, that's so sad. I'll say a special prayer for them tonight. And the doctor goes, oh, my goodness, they're heroes. I'm going to contact my ophthalmologist colleague and see if there's anything he can do for them. And the engineer looks at Green Spear and goes, why the hell don't you just let him play at night? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Hey, look at that. I got one that Rocco actually enjoyed. So that gets a little, there we go. Put a a drum roll behind that. That was good. I actually like that one. That one made me laugh out loud. (laughs) It is a good one. (laughs) Uh, What are we talking about today, Rocco? Oh, I know. So, So on today's show. I want to talk about the pros and cons of subscription software licenses uh, and and the effect that they're having on the AEC industry. Um, And and look, the truth is that my opinion here, uh, it doesn't really matter too much, kind of like in my marriage. Uh, No one cares what I have to say. Uh, the, The large software developers have all gotten together and they have determined that they can get crazy amounts of renewable annual income just by refusing to sell perpetual licenses of their systems, and then they just make us all pay annual subscriptions. Um, And the truth is, like I said, the amount of money that they are making means that nothing we say or do on this insignificant podcast is even going to be a blip on anybody's radar. Uh, But I I know that there is still a lot of frustration out there from these changes. And and what I actually want to do today uh, which it may not sound like right now, but I, I promise I do. I want to point out that that this subscription model is not always all bad. Uh, you know, the, the developers do at least give a, a nod, at least in the direction of convenience for their customers, um, even if you know their main driver is just profits. Um, and look, just just in case you guys want a metric, right, on on how powerful the annual subscription model is for a company in in 2015 just before they moved to a subscription-based model, Autodesk's stock price was about $50 per share, and that was the highest it had ever been in its like 30-year history. Uh, and I remember in, that. 
Yeah. In, in, in 2021, they peaked at $324 a share, and it is still hovering today in around the $250 per share range. <laughs> okay. Uh, the truth of the matter is annual subscriptions equals high revenues, and no company is going to let that kind of money go away anytime soon. Uh, so, so Rocco, we th- this isn't new, right? We've talked about this on the show a few years back, um, and I, I think I kind of want to ask you the same question I did then and see if the answer has changed. Do people see the benefits of annual licensing, or, or are they just frustrated and annoyed by the lack of perpetual options? Um, I think it's I think it's becoming more of an acceptance factor, right? I mean, you don't you, you don't have any choice. You know, so I, if you if you look at a company like Autodesk, for example, I mean, they are doing a good job of really getting the word out as to what's being added and, and improved. And, and so I, I think people are starting to see the value um, in it. You know, I, I think it, but but it is more of an acceptance. I mean, if you want to be current, you got to you got to pay the money, you know. Um, yeah. So I think that. You know, people are not as irate about it as they were. <laughs> it's it's kind of like listening to my engineering joke of the week. If you want to listen to the podcast, you got to suffer through it. It just, it is what it is. Um, yep. <laughs> but eventually you do hit a funny joke now and then. So, you know, I, I, I listen, I, I understand the, frustro- the, the frustration that uh, people may still hold, right? Once upon a time, we could go out and we could buy a piece of software and we could use it for years or even a decade. Uh, before we really had to think about upgrading and retraining our staff. And, and you just can't do that anymore. Like Rocco was saying, if, if you don't pay these annual fees, your software is just going to stop working. So you need to pay it, right? Even if you don't upgrade to the newest version, you still got to pay that annual fee. Um, and not only that, but most of the modern software will only work one or two releases back, right? So you really can't go more than two years for most software systems now without upgrading. You have to. You have to upgrade your your systems and your processes, even, unfortunately, if you don't see any immediate benefit in that current release. Um, and yeah, it's a strong arm tactic that, that's annoyed a lot of people, myself among them. Uh, but like I said, it's actually not without its benefits as well. Uh, you know, from a technology standpoint, I think in the modern design build world, you can't really be a competitive company if you are five or more years behind on the current technology use, right? The, the industry is just changing way too fast for that. Um, if you don't keep your staff you know, using and proficient with the latest and greatest tech, your competitors are just gonna bury you. Uh, you know, the, the annual subscription model, right? it forces companies that might otherwise lean towards overly conservative investments in their, their technology training and their software upgrades. It forces them to invest in those tech processes. Um, you know, and, 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 and honestly, I think in that light, if you look at it that way, it has probably helped a lot of companies stay afloat that might otherwise have gone under. Um, you know, here at Zentech, we, we, we work with a, a lot of companies, both, you know, very, very small and very, very large. And, and what I've seen is that a lot of the, the very small, I guess we'll call it like two to 10 person, you know, design build type shops that we deal with um, who are desperately far behind the tech curve 
and that are still clinging and holding on to those old perpetual licenses that they bought back in like 2014, 15, and 16. They, they all have one thing in common. Those two in 10 people shops used to be much bigger than that, okay? Uh, by the time they get to, to, to working with me to try and move things forward, they are in a state where they are frantically trying to catch up to modern technology and they have to invest a whole lot of cash in you know, buying new seats, getting up to speed, training, configuring, customizing, getting it to work where they should have already been. Um, so, hey, Rocco, what, what industries do you see uh, that are still trying to cling onto those kind of like out-of-date perpetual software systems? And in working with them, what have you seen as like kind of what are the good and the bad results of, of holding on to that? Yeah, I think it's more, um, let's say, the smaller architectural firms and uh, and your your smaller survey firms. And, uh, you know, again, without, without not picking on anybody specific, right? I mean, we're, we're small business owners, too. So we certainly understand that the cost of running a business and, and trying to keep those costs low. Um, but to your point, it's, you know... It's it's an unnecessary. It, it is a yeah. You just have to spend the money to stay current. You know, the further behind you get, the more painful it becomes when you need to make that that move. And the other reality is, is that there are significant improvements in technology um, that can really help your overall productivity. So to to ignore those uh, for the sake of saving a few dollars, I, I think it, it it just hurts you in the long run. Yeah, I agree 100. percent You know. And and look, you know, I I do I understand that that people get angry when they feel that they're being forced to you know pay for something that they don't feel they need today. Um, and and regular listeners of the podcast have heard me complain loudly uh, about the cost and the issues of annual subscription on the show many times. Um, I do get it. Uh, you know, we all want to buy something once and then forget about it, and that is just not the way that technology works. You're not buying a car that you can just maintain for 40 years. It doesn't happen like that with tech. Um, as, as frustrating as it is, it costs these companies, right, the software developers, a lot of money to research and plan and code and develop and then market, you know, these large-scale software systems. And it's it really is hard to maintain a revenue stream and pay the hundreds of people involved, right, in, in, in you know, in that process, right? If half the people who use the products only buy a, a couple of new seats every 10 years, right, the, the business model isn't going to work, right? It, and, and that model has really forced this change. And it does, like Rocco was saying, it brings, you know, that benefit of constantly forcing the developers to come up with newer, better processes and tools for us in order to kind of justify charging us annually for access to their systems. Um, so there really are some good points to these annual subscription models for software licensing. And I, I, that's kind of what I want to get into in the next half of the show. Of course, after we let our sponsors for the day get a word in. All right. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be back in just a minute with more of the Cattle Call podcast. All right, everybody. Today, we are our own sponsor. This is Jim and Rocco with Zen Tech Consultants. And what do we want to talk to the folks about today, Rocco? Uh, we're going to talk about how to make barbecue meatballs. How does that sound, Jim? Sounds good to me. All right, all right, now, all right. So we're here to talk about our Procore services. We are Procore certified consultants here. So, 
Jim, what kind of services do we offer? So when it comes to your Procore software, we're here to help you guys with just about everything you need from getting it set up, configuring it to your needs, importing your client database and your previous contracts, structuring reports, or even just helping you guys on the daily with, with the, you know, the workflow and, and the things that you have to do on a regular basis in terms of timesheets and really just about anything from, like we said, setup and configuration all the way through advanced training for all of your staff on how to use Procore in the, the method and the you know, way that works best for your firm. So, Rocco, if folks need a little bit of help with Procore, how do they reach us? Yeah, you can reach us, hit up our website. We have a new website. It's zentechconsultants.net. That's Z-E-N-T-E-K, consultants.net. Or give us a call, 866-824-4459. Or drop us an email, sales at zentechconsultants.net. All right, and if you call now, Rock will tell you how to make meatballs. All right, folks, <laughs> we'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to the Cattle Call Podcast. We're talking about both the good and the bad of subscription licensing for software in our industry. Um, and, and, and in the top half of the show, I hit, I think, most of the negative things that annoy people uh, about the concept. Um, and in this half, I want to be fair and talk about what I see as the good things that, that come with annual subscriptions. And the very first thing that, that comes to mind is that you know we, we do tend to get newer, better, smarter tools every year. Um, and, and look, there may not always be a direct upgrade or benefit for everyone you know, working in a particular system with each release. But the truth is you know, the developers need to give us some type of improvement each year in order to keep us paying those fees, right? You know, even if the, the, the current release doesn't seem to have anything that's of immediate benefit to you, I think you kind of need to see each update as a building block towards better things. Um, you know, remember that, you know, in, in its infancy, right? Things like, you know, metadata and property sets, et cetera, that they tied into CAD systems many, many years ago, they were considered useless, right? They were esoteric tools for, you know, veteran CAD geeks like me to use. Nobody else cared. Uh, but the truth is, is that those were actually the foundation of, you know, the, the BIM concept, right? And, and, and the BIM tools that came later on, which were built on top of those. And, and that's completely changed our industry for the better, right? That BIM concept. Um, and, and at some level, Right? I think everybody who's listening here is involved in the construction world, right? And, and we all know how, how things get built, right? Buildings go up one level at a time, right? And, and the footings have to be excavated and poured and set before anything else can happen. And, and that's kind of the, the benefit of you know, the, the subscription model. It keeps the software companies hustling and developing and putting things out ahead of us. Right, so that when it's our turn to step up to the plate, the prep work is already done, and and you know the tools are in place for us with these new design processes and, and procedures. Um, so, Rocco, have have you noticed a, a jump in the speed and the frequency of major you know design build tools and features being added to software since the advent of these subscription licensing models? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you you, you take a, a look at, you know, just, just what Autodesk has done, right? I mean, we've, those of you that listened to us regularly, we've had a, a number of the guys um, from Autodesk on, on this podcast. And, 
you know, listen to them talk about some of the advances that that's been made, even in Civil 3D alone, right? I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. been pretty significant advancements over the past couple years. And, um, you know, you definitely want to look at, it. again, it's not just about buying the tools and then sitting back and doing the same thing every day. I mean, look at those, the functionality that's been added and look to deploy them because uh, it's, to, to your point, Jim, I mean, they're building the foundation for, for the future of where the technology is going um, and looking to improve. So it's, it's it, I find the same is true with, with Brixis and with Bluebeam, right? I mean, Bluebeam has made some pretty big changes in, in their model, right? They're switching from, from perpetual to, um, to annual licensing, and they're adding quite a bit to the product as well. So um, short answer is yes. Yeah. No, I mean, it's absolutely the case. I mean, you look at it in terms of speed and functionality, and if you try to resist this, it's going to be like trying to ride a horse down the center of an interstate at rush hour. You are just going to get run over if you try and stay on that old tech. You know, it's just not going to work. Um, and, you know, and I think, look, I think another area where the subscription licenses, those annual recurring licenses bring benefit is, is on the business end, particularly for bigger companies, right? Um, the truth is, you know, having a fixed fee cost that you can budget for year over year can be a really good benefit, right? You know, look, no, no CFO out there likes to get that unexpected comment where it's like, ah, it looks like we're going to have to upgrade this year. Uh, you know, that conversation that comes out of at a left field, particularly, you know, after the annual budget's already been set, uh, it is much easier to start each fiscal year with a known quantity of, you know, we have to buy X number of seats every year and, you know, that we're going to have to renew or, and, and let's allow for, you know, a 10% uh, growth rate for additional new hires. So we'll get X number of new seats. You know, it, it's, it's also usually, it's a, it's a smaller hit, I guess I'll say, to a company's revenue stream. Um, even though, look, long-term, right, the annual subscriptions add up to, you know, more money. Um, but most big firms would rather spend, you know, $20,000 a year for the next five years, right, than to take an $80,000 hit this year. Yeah, mathematically, you're saving 20 grand over five years, but, you know, it kills your cash flow for this year. Uh, and, and cash flow is a vital part of any business's growth plan, right? If we give out all of our cash this year to buy perpetual licenses, we do not have any money left in house to hire or expand or, you know, even give people raises, which is something I hear people get from time to time, though. You know, Rocco keeps telling me I don't need one. Uh, thanks, no Rocco. raise for you. No raise for you. <laughs> no soup, no days. <laughs> you know, look, yeah, I, I do understand. Like, I, I get it. You know, for smaller firms, they'd like to buy a system once and use it for years. But like we talked about in the first half of the show. It's, it's just bad business practice in general. And it, it's just not really an option that you have anymore for modern AEC software. Um, you know, Rocco, which of the big systems that we work with have gone, we'll call it full subscription or subscription only, and which ones still kind of offer a hybrid or a mix of both perpetual and subscription? Because everybody offers at least some level of subscription. Yeah, I mean, they're... Um... Yeah, everybody offers some some level of subscription. To your point, I mean, Brix is, you know, Brixcat is still available as a as a perpetual license, but they also offer um, annual subscriptions. You know, Autodesk obviously is is 
is all um, annual subscription now. Bluebeam is is sort of hybrid, right? But if you're buying Bluebeam brand new now uh, with the V21 ver version, uh, the only way to get Bluebeam as a new customer is an, an is an annual subscription. If you're um, running the the perpetual license is still, and you're on V20 with maintenance, you could still add perpetual licenses if you're an existing customer. But uh, again, if you're a brand new Bluebeam customer, the only way to start is is V21 um, annual subscription. Yeah. So pretty much everybody's gone in that direction. Yeah, and I'm sure even the ones who are offering perpetual licenses today at some point in the next few years, they're going to make that shift. You know it's coming. So there, you know, there is no dodging this bullet, right? Um, so look, I, I, the last big benefit, and I think it's a really, really big benefit that I see for the subscription licensing model um, has been its advent into cloud-based licensing. And I really do think that is one of the biggest positive for the end users in this scenario. Uh, you know, more and more software companies are just completely shifting away from, from the, the traditional concept of local computer-based installs with serial numbers, you know, and, and installation and licensing processes are moving to cloud-based licensing options with these subscription models. Uh, and look, while it is not totally altruistic, right? The cloud licenses uh, are usually what they call named user licenses, meaning that it gives the, the software developers the chance to kill off their multi-user or shared licensing options. Um, and that means that you can't, you know, hot swap, you know, single users on the same computer anymore or access pooled licenses anymore. Um, and, and developers, you know, they're, they're, they're making sure that every person accessing has purchased an active license, right? Which again, it increases their profit line, sure. But I think the benefit here to users like, you know, us and the folks listening is that, you know, we can install the software on an unlimited number of systems. They don't care anymore. Install it as many as you need. And then the licensing is activated by a login through the cloud. Um, and since Rocco brought it up before, I'll use Bluebeam, the new V21, as an example. Right? You know, the, the latest release here moved to a purely cloud-based license. So I actually have right now, you know, I have review installed on three laptops in my house in the office, and I have it on a single desktop, and I also have it on my Surface Pro. I have installed the Bluebeam V21, all of those, right? And I access Bluebeam Studio and Bluebeam Cloud on any friends or family and coworker station whenever I need to, and they all work just fine. I just log in wherever I'm sitting with my Bluebeam ID, and the cloud resolves my subscription, right? And it activates the local installation as long as I'm logged in. And look, now, you know, it absolutely, it's going to limit you to accessing you know, the, the software from only one system at a time, right? So that we're not sharing our logins and so on with 30 coworkers. Um, but honestly, that cloud-based licensing, it's a really, really convenient way to be able to work and, and, and you know, put the software in a million different places. Um, and it's really only available when you're part of the subscription model process. Um, so, yeah, Rocco, are there any other benefits that you can think of on, on using the subscription model versus the perpetual? Yeah, I think, you know, from the from the skill set level of an individual, um, let's you're you're an employee or anybody for for uh, argument's sake, right? I mean, 
your resume is always kept current. You know, you're you're always working with the the most current version. You're not you're not five years behind and now having to catch up. You know, I mean, I, I think sometimes you you look at people's resumes, right? And it's like they were using even if somebody says I was I'm familiar with Bluebeam 2017. I mean, if we look at that, we're like, whoa, that's yeah, that was that's a while a way back. back. <laughs> you, you know, so by by just being able to 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 list Bluebeam on a resume, for example, and 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 know that you're current, you're up to date with technology, you're not so far behind is a big selling point for your resume, for your career, for your for your future growth. And you're not stressing, right? You're not five years behind. Oh, how am I going to catch up? You know, you're you're always with the curve as opposed to being so far behind. So I think that's another added benefit to, to being current and to being on subscription. Yeah. And you know, I actually hadn't even thought of that. I think it's a great point because that we've had that conversation with, uh, the company owners as well, where we have had company owners who are like, hey, I, I got this guy, I found him, I said, hey, I want to make you a job offer. And people turn down the job offers because you're working with a system that's you know six years out of date. I'm not going to get stuck mm-hmm. working for a company that that's far behind the ticker because then like Rocco just said, you wind up being left behind. Now you're not hireable. You get stuck in those positions at those companies. So yeah, you know, business owners, same thing. Your your potential employees are not going to want to work with you if you are that far out of date. So I hadn't even thought of that. It's a good point, Rocco. Uh, so look, folks, yeah. you know, any, any way you cut it, I think you know the, the subscription model is here to stay and we can't really fight it. So I suggest that we all just kind of move past the anger we had when this all changed and just accept that it is not all bad. Even small firms can benefit from being able to, you know, set a budget and access tools on both home and, you know, work computers. And like Rago said, you know, it's, it's a benefit to employees and employers alike to stay current. You know, in, in, in other words, right, you can go back to using things like less expensive desktops and so on and just duplicate the software on multiple systems without worrying over, oh, I only have one license and it's on one laptop, so I got to go from home to office and I had to install it there. You know, you can go to these cheaper desks. I have 10 of them. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I have one at home, one in your office, one at your girlfriend's, whatever. I don't care. Um, look, <laughs> <laughs> it also makes things, you know, really easy for your IT group, right, to be able to set up ghost images, right, a single ghost image of a system and just load all the software and everything we use, put it on a ghost, give it to everybody. Right? Give it to everybody in the company, the exact same systems, exact same software. And if they have, you know, licenses and logins, they can use the software. If not, they can't. Don't worry about it. It doesn't hurt anything anymore. Um, and I think that eases a lot of the work and headache over, you know, license tracking and having to uninstall and reinstall and go through all these procedures for every piece of software when you're upgrading people. Um, you know, cloud licensing systems usually have a web-based admin portal where you can you know, order new licenses, you can assign licenses. And a lot of them are even giving you the ability to track usage, right? So that you can understand, right? Who's really using seats and who isn't. So you can reduce the number of licenses next year if people are just not using it, right? Um, and that can be a huge cost saver as well, all right? So, all right, folks, I will leave it at that for today and we'll get out of here so that, you know, Rocco can head back out to, uh, you know, sunbathing on his spare yacht as he does in these lovely summer months. All right, folks, 
We are out of here and we'll catch you next time on the Cattle Call Podcast. All right, everybody. Today's Cattle Call was brought to you courtesy of Zentech Consultants. That's Rocco and I. Uh, Zentech Consultants works with design and manufacturing firms to help our clients purchase and implement the software that they need in these complex industries. Uh, We provide a single point of contact for clients to buy, develop, and learn the most vital software systems for your specific needs. Uh, Zentech strives to be your trusted technology partner from your initial needs all the way through long-term support and training for your entire staff. So Rocco, why don't you tell them how to reach out to Zentech? All right, yeah, you can reach out to us through zentechconsultants.net. You can email us at sales at zentechconsultants.net. Or you can even call us, 866-824-4459. Excellent. We look forward to hearing from you all.